Blog Talk Radio. Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Hi, and welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show about life and how we travel down the not-so-yellow brick road of it. I'm Kathy Barrett, and I hope you'll stay tuned as I reveal what's behind the curtain. I lost a loved one to suicide, and it was the worst thing that ever happened to me, as as well as being the impetus that led me to discover my voice. And in my hour of desperation, I searched for ways to pull myself out of the emotional tsunami I found myself drowning in. And there was no roadmap to follow that could lead me from this place of devastation to transformation. And it was in seeing myself in the reflection of other people, both positive and negative, that became my life preserver. And I was able, uh, through that process, to see a clearer picture of who I was and who I wanted to be. And it began to connect me to life and to people in a way I never experienced before. And the more open I became to looking at myself, the more I began to heal and to find that voice. And I went from life being about me to life being about we. And so Behind the Curtain is designed to offer you a mirror reflection of yourself through every show and the information we provide. Our guests have had to overcome extreme obstacles to turn adversity into healing and opportunity. And the lessons learned have led to transformation and personal and professional success, as well as a commitment to be of service to others. So like seeing a beautiful painting or photograph that moves you, I hope that in each program you will see a reflection of yourself. And in in these stories um, uh, and the information provided, you will gain support and be inspired as you travel down your own not-so-yellow brick road of life. So I hope you'll stay tuned for the next 30 minutes because uh, we have a red-hot and in-demand Hollywood casting agent with us today, Lisa Essery, and she's going to kick off the program. And before we get to her, which I can't wait to have her on the program, I have a couple of brief announcements to make. On Sunday, May 6th, from 12 noon to 2.30 p.m. at Town Hall in New York City, all of a sudden... Uh, will address, it's a program that's for free to the public, and it will address ways of using spiritual tools to peacefully handle the unexpected surprises in our lives and world. And Lord knows we all have those on a daily basis. Other guests on the program will include actor Clark Peters, who is famous for his role as Detective Lester Freeman in HBO's The Wire, and Mohini Punjabi, a leading spiritual teacher with over 50 years of practice in meditation with the Brahma Kumaris World Spiritual Organization. Tickets are free, and uh, to obtain them, you must register at the following website, www.bknewyorkevents.org. Once again, that website is www.bknewyorkevents.org. Now, Mother's Day is coming, so honor your mother by making a contribution to great organizations this year. Give the gift of life. The first is the Orphan Support League, 
And um, they were founded in July of 2007 by Brian E. Bax in Piedmont, California. And their purpose is to aid parentless or displaced children around the world. Every single penny you donate goes right to the children. And a few dollars goes a very long way. So in order to make your donation, go to www.orphansupportleague.org. The Yabushibozi Project is a nonprofit vocational skills training organization that was founded in September 2008 in Rwanda. And through education and skills training that involves sewing, weaving, crocheting, and more, the Yabushibozi Project seeks to end the cycle of poverty that the girls have experienced throughout their young lives. So go to yabushibozi.org, and I'll spell that for you. It's U B O S. H-O-B-O-Z-I dot org. Purchase a bag. They're beautiful and wonderful to walk around with. Make a donation. Give the gift of life this year. So this week, our guest is Lisa Essery, Hollywood casting director extraordinaire. Are you all ready for your close-up? Lisa began her career as a Broadway actress and has become one of the most sought-after and in-demand casting directors in Hollywood. She began her career in casting working for John Lyons and Deborah Aquila in New York, and then for Danny Goldman and Judy Courtney before teaming up with Heidi Levitt for a number of projects. Uh, Lisa has worked as an associate director on Mother and Child and Sympathy for Delicious, which was Mark Ruffalo's directorial debut and stars Orlando Bloom, Juliette Lewis, and Mark Ruffalo. Ms. Essery is currently the co-casting director on Replicas, which is premiering at the Tribeca Film Festival, I think that's happening this month, uh, with Selma Blair and Joshua Close. So I want to welcome one of my favorite Hollywood people, Lisa Essery, to the program, and thank you so much for taking time out of your insanely busy schedule to be with us today. Oh. Hi, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy you're here with us. So what films are you actively working on at the moment? Um, right now, I'm finishing up a project. It's actually a short called A Helping Hand, and it's an analogy of the 99 percenters versus the 1 percenters ah. and um, about a homeless woman who befriends a woman that's a successful um, uh, nurse who helps people. And it's just a very dark piece that actually Sandra Oh is doing. And um, I'm very excited about it because um, I've been working on it since January. Wow. Um, and it's it's finally going into production. And um, I, I love the story and the directors. There are co-directors that went to Columbia, and they've just been a lot of fun to work with. Um, and then another piece that I'm doing right now is called The Odd Way Home, which is about an autistic boy who finds an abused woman. Um, she was sexually abused by her father, and she's running, she's on the lam, and she's a singer, and they meet, and they go on this beautiful journey in New Mexico. Um, and it's it's just a lovely piece. Um, I'm looking for a singer, um, which is kind of near and dear to my heart, too, since I used to sing myself, um, and then also an actor to play an autistic boy, or, of course, I'm open to 
actual autistic actors as well. Um, and it, it's been a very interesting journey. Unfortunately, my director is in New Mexico right now, so I don't have the fortune to have him in the room with me. But mm-hmm. right now I'm putting a lot of people on tape and uh, listening to a lot of singers do uh you know, a couple of bars of a song a cappello, and it, it it's just amazing the the talent that has come in and and read scenes from this piece and then also performed or sang for me and um, it, it's just it's it's a really it's an emotional process because this uh, the the story is you know people are really responding to it and. Um, I am just amazed at the level of talent that is coming in for this, and it's 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 been a joy to work on thus far. Well, it sounds um, like you're working on some pretty extraordinary projects, and what I love about what you said is that you're open to uh, you know cast uh, people living with disabilities as well for these roles, not just actors playing someone who has auto- autism, but someone who has autism. You're open to that as well, so I really applaud you for that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I worked on a project about two years ago. Um, uh, it's called Quad. It hasn't come out yet. Um, Aaron Paul is actually playing the lead character, but um, I was able to interview and also put on tape and have them perform a lot of actors with disabilities. And, you know, they just don't get the opportunities as often, and it doesn't mean that they don't have <laughs> talent because they do. They're all amazing so luckily, fortunately, we were able to put a few people into that movie. Um, but yes, um, absolutely, um, I'm, I'm always open to to actors with disabilities because um, it, you can just see. When I was, I did another film earlier this year, and I was just looking for a little boy, and a, a, a little boy who was autistic came in and you could just tell that this was what he wanted to do and he was so excited about auditioning auditioning and being in the room and he was just he was absolutely lovely um unfortunately we didn't end up casting him but you know you could just tell that just the the activity of being in the room and going through the motion of of auditioning really made his day and yeah, I, that's that's what I like to do is is be open to as many different ethnicities and you know, try to think out of the box too in terms of casting. A lot of times directors will want a male Caucasian for a role, and I really encourage thinking outside of the box and perhaps making it a woman, perhaps making it somebody African American or Asian, um, because. We just want to see more variety in because that's what it's all about is the images that we see on screen. Um, we want to see as much diversity as possible, I feel. So um, that's another one of my little goals um, <laughs> in terms of casting. And um, 
Again, something thing- something to be applauded again because it sounds like you really also cast not just for the requirements of the producer or the director, but you cast for the right spirit for the role as opposed to the label. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's more about the essence of the actor as opposed to what the stereotype might be, and that's that's kind of what we're going for um, uh, for the Odd Way Home too, in terms of casting the autistic boy. Is that you know he's not a victim; he's a highly functioning autistic person who has a job. He doesn't necessarily have a lot of friends. He's not socially comfortable, but beyond that, he isn't a victim. And what it's not a disorder; it's it's just he's different, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> and um, that's why the whole process is, has been interesting because the the stereotype is you know Rain Man, for instance. Right, but right. you can be a savant and not have the tics and not have those uh, typical. Um, the stereotypes that go along with the character, and that's just that's what we're sort of fighting against and searching for somebody that can portray or actually is that way without having what is you know commonly perceived as autistic mm-hmm. that sounds awesome and um I'm sorry, I interrupted you before was there it sounded like you had another project that you were talking about as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm looking at my bulletin board. Um, I actually have about 14 projects, but they're not all active. The ones that oh are active, goodness. yeah, it's it's a lot, but they're all at varying stages of financing. But there are a few that are actually they have the money together, which is always fantastic. And you know, they just you know we have a start date and we're gonna go. And the other one I have right now that I'm really passionate about because I'm working with this director that I worked with last year um, by the name of Rudolf um, Buitendok. Um, mm-hmm. He's a South African director, and um, he's just a joy to work with. I've never, I, I've just never had so much fun working with a director. Um, I've worked with some amazing directors, and Victor Nunez is one of them, um, who I did Yuli's Gold with. Mm. But um, Rudolph, um, we're doing a new project now called Field Station Africa, um, and it's it's going to be filmed in South Africa, actually. And um, I have a wonderful actor, Isaac Dubenkoli, who's attached to it, um, and it's a beautiful story about a professor who <clears throat> goes back to a small town in Equatorial Guinea and really befriends the uh, worker, the social worker that runs this school for orphans in Equatorial Guinea. And he, you know, attempts to revitalize and revamp the school and um, in the process just sort of actualizes himself mm-hmm. and it's a really pretty story. it's a lovely story and yeah, I, I searched there's a little boy that he befriends that's this you know cheeky character as he's described and um, we interviewed a lot of young boys here in LA but we are actually and we did casting in South Africa as well 
but we're actually going with a local boy in South Africa, I believe, and um, that, that's really exciting because to to give a local an opportunity like this is is really rewarding. And you know, as much as I loved the kids that I saw here, um, I, I'm just very happy that we're able to go with somebody local. So that's, it also, that's, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. It also draws the whole community then into the movie-making experience and supporting the film project as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, and and that's definitely what's happened with this project is that, you know, a lot of the the local community is, is coming together and, you know, it, we're kind of revitalizing the little town that we're going to be shooting in, so... That's fun. So and, you need um, you need the making of the making of now. That sounds like a separate documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um and I'm trying to think what project am I not giving a plug to? Um <laughs> Oh, yes. Um this is another uh project that I've been working on for a while. It looks like it's finally coming together. And it's about the artist Willem de Kooning and his life. Um, Just in a year period, um, but all the abstract expressionist artists who surrounded his life, including his wife, Elaine de Kooning, who was an artist on her own, um, and it's it's just, it's an interesting piece. You can't, it's pretty typical to compare it to Pollock yeah. um, because it's dealing with that same time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have some wonderful actors attached. Um, a character actor that I adore, Tom Bauer, is going to be doing it, and he's also producing it. Oh. Um, Stacy Keach, Ron Perlman. Wow. Um, a wonderful actress named Hani Furstenberg is going to be playing Elaine. Um and then Tour Lindhart is playing de Kooning, and um very excited about that. It's going to be shooting in San Francisco over the summer. So I think I've covered most of the active projects. Well, I have, I have to say 14 films to juggle at various different stages of, of production is a lot to handle at one time. So what how, what is the art of doing that? <laughs> That's a good question. Um I actually have a lot of good assistants and associates that I work with, mm-hmm. um, and you know each of them are assigned to each, uh, to each project, and they really help me. I have a lot of great support that I've developed over the years, um, and I think at this point I have about you know four associates that I work with and um so I have one of them assigned to each project and they help out and I don't think I could do it without them you know no that's a big job and that's great that you have that support so what do you think is the most um or what I wanted to ask for people listening out there that that really uh, do want to act and, and get cast in films what's the single most important factor that they should know when auditioning for a role um, I think be as prepared as possible. Um, make sure that you've read the script. 
um, even if it's a, a pre-read and you're not meeting the director but you're just meeting the casting director, make sure that you have all the knowledge there in front of you and that you have rehearsed and practiced and you go in there feeling confident, knowing that you've done everything you can in terms of preparing and doing your homework. And, you know, even even if it's getting to know the casting person and what they've done in the past and what other projects they have done, and the director and producer, of course, you should also familiarize yourself with that um, so you know the style of acting or the the style of the previous projects that they've done so that you can emulate that to your best ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's the most important thing. And then another thing is one thing an actor has in terms of taking control of their career is they can pass. They can pass on material. If, it's, if they get something and they don't respond or they just can't find some connection to the character it's you know you don't have to take that audition then it's it's your responsibility to say you know what i don't respond to this character so mm-hmm. i'm not going to do it and and that's i i think a position of power that that uh, that an actor has and should utilize and sometimes you know they don't and I, i'll see people come in for a role and i i can just I, I can tell that there's they're not connecting to it, right? And um, I, I think that's the most important thing is that an actor finds some thread in the character that that they have some kind of connection to, or you know, perhaps they want to even you know do more research and, and find that connection. But if it's not there, mm-hmm. I think. The most important thing to do is is not to do not to go for the audition. Well, I think that's excellent advice because if you're not connecting to that material, then you know they're not really putting their best face forward, and you're left with that impression as a casting agent. So it's really defeating the whole purpose of building a reputation by going after something that they're not connecting with. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be one of the primary things to be, to be concerned about. But then, the other thing is that you have to you have to develop a very thick skin. And I think a good way to understand the process of casting and the whole how it works is to do an internship in casting, and that's. Actually, how I got started in casting is by doing an internship, and I realized that, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I love this. Um, But for an actor, they can see a lot of times it's not who is the best performer or Mm -hmm. who. It's it's other factors. There's so many factors and variables that play into it. And they, by doing an internship, you can see or you just are exposed. And it sometimes is a rude awakening for actors. Um, I remember a friend of mine who helped me out about 10 years ago. And he was like, Lisa, my God, this is horrible. I can't believe. 
because a lot of times it's because the director has worked with an actor before, and so they choose that actor over the actor who is even better than <laughs> the person they'd worked with before, but they're more comfortable with working with somebody that they've worked with before. Right. I mean, there's so many variables. You know, even sometimes somebody's putting money into the movie, so right. they want to have a part in the movie. <laughs> exactly. It's you have to develop a really thick skin because well, all of these things that you're saying are also great lessons for life in general. I mean, they really apply to to life lessons across the board for all uh, of us to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In in any field, you right. you have to be very thick skinned. I think, but particularly as an actor, because you're putting yourself out, and I have the utmost respect for actors um, that, you know, go into a room and, and put themselves out there on a daily basis to have directors and producers and casting people say yay or nay. And, um, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, it's a difficult process um the audition process for actors and um well let's talk about your life lisa because i think it's important for people to know that you began your experiences acting so when when did you start um i started i think um when i was about three years old um but i guess i didn't really start acting professionally until i was about six and um, I auditioned uh, quite a bit between 6 and 18, and I came very close to a lot of roles, um, a lot of very, you know, big films, Paper Moon, Taxi Driver, Hair. Wow. Um, and then um, a personal demigod of mine, um, Stephen Sondheim, was doing a musical that I auditioned for about seven times and then, you know, ended up not getting it. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Which was a was devastating for me at the time, and I, I just, I, I still pursued it for a couple more years. Um, but I was tired. I was tired <laughs> of, of the rejection and coming close and then not getting it. Um, and then I went back to school and tried to pursue um, a degree in psychology, which I did eventually get a minor degree in that, but um, didn't really find my place until I did this casting internship. And it was like, oh, my God, I grew up with actors and directors and writers, and here I was uh, surrounded by the same people and yet not having to put myself out there the way I did when I was an actress. Um, So it was just a a perfect fit um, because I can really, well, a a lot of casting directors have a different background, but because I've been an actress in my youth, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I can really put actors at ease when they come into the room, or at least that's what my goal is. And and just help them go through the process and make it as comfortable as possible and help them as much as possible. So, 
Well, that makes you very unique to the pro, you know, to the entire process because you do come from that background. And actually, had you known then what you know now in terms of all the variables that that do come up that really have nothing to do with the actor per se, but it's you know, it's just circumstances and they vary from from every film to every director or producer to every situation. And as I was saying earlier, it's it's a very much a metaphor for life and anything that we uh, have. Uh, you know, passion about succeeding at, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of variables that sometimes uh, prevent us from achieving it, but it's almost like it's, it's also the image that we hold on to about how we should achieve those dreams. So if we kind of let that go here, it all came back to you in a slightly different form, but you have your passion, you're loving what you're doing. And it's, it's all because you were able to, to let go that it, it, and see it and, uh, realized in a different format that it worked for you in your life. So another great metaphor for people. That, oh, I love that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so we may, is it, do you have a little bit of time to stay? Like five minutes extra with us because I don't want to cut you. Okay, because this is like a great conversation. I'm really getting a lot of stuff out of this, and as I'm sure everybody um, tuning in is. So when you were going through, because this is important for people to hear too. I mean, all right, you were up for all these big roles, but also you were Broadway. You you were acting on Broadway in several different shows and had a successful career. So what what was the thought process that w- that you went through where you said you know what this is not working for me you know why and and how did you take those steps to move forward with it? Yeah, I, I think um, at, there was that um, prophetic moment when when I didn't get the uh, Broadway show the musical that I really wanted to do. And a part of me felt like, well, what was wrong with me? What didn't I do right? What happened? You know, it's feeling lesser than. And I had to overcome that. And um, I, I realized that, you know, it's it's fine. I, I'd i been doing it for, you know, 12 years and a bit longer. And mm-hmm. I just, I knew it was time to move on to something else. I I hadn't figured out what it was exactly at that point, mm-hmm. um, but I just knew that I was done in terms of um, performing and auditioning and being in front of the camera. I did have a bit of an inkling that I still wanted to remain within the industry because I, I do feel that film and television and you know any of the performing arts, it's a medium to to communicate. Uh, an idea or a thought process or something, and I I do believe in that ultimately. And mm-hmm. uh, so I I just it, it was a complete turning point, but it took me quite a few years, <laughs> longer than I'd like to admit, um, until I found what I really wanted to do, which is casting and. Um, you know, just I I hope that anybody listening out there um, will take that to heart. And you know, you, you it's not an easy journey to find where your place is in the world. But um, you know, certainly with with enough thought and hard work and all of that, 
sorry, my cell phone is going off in the background here. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Another part of life, off. those darn cell phones. <laughs> oh, technology, you've got to love it. Um, but you know what, that's, oh, that technology, that brings me to another subject, which is that, you know, right now it's wonderful for actors because they can be so proactive. They can do a tape and do a pilot or do a monologue and put it up on YouTube mm. and and people will watch. Right. It's, there are so many mediums now to promote yourself. Um, it, it's it's a new day and age, and in that respect, I think it's it's a, a you know there's so many more opportunities for actors. I think, and it also and, opens up the world really in a way because it doesn't matter you know where you're uh, living, uh, you can put these things up on YouTube, and and we really get to experience a lot more of the world and the talent in it that way. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there's it's kind of. Uh, opened up everything and you know it's actors can be proactive and do all of these things and promote themselves um so in that respect i think the business has changed quite a bit um in a good way and um so to to kind of uh I guess we should sum up now, but what, what lessons did you take away from, from all of the, your experiences that you feel you have brought forward into your personal life from everything you've gone through? Um, I think the most important lesson is is to not beat yourself up mm-hmm. about whatever projects that you don't get or parts that you don't get. Um, It's funny because I I still feel like I have to audition (laughs) sometimes because I still do have to meet with directors and producers and convince them that I'm the person to cast their project. And I sometimes say to myself, oh, my goodness, it's like I'm acting again. Mm. Um, But you just have to become more and more comfortable within your own skin and you know be able to to go to any meeting with confidence mm-hmm. and knowing that you have enough experience and that you've prepared for whatever interview or meeting that you're about to go on and um then you can put your best foot forward well, from what you've shared, I don't. I mean, you would be the perfect casting agent, not only having the acting uh, background and experience, but then psychology on top of that, and then casting on top of that. So, really, everything that you study just is the most important, uh, you know, traits that you can possibly have, um, you know, uh, within your <laughs> embrace. That I would think would really be very beneficial to anyone who hired you for a project. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it has been transferable um, in terms of you know trying to uh, just align all of the various uh, studies that I've pursued and and bring it to the current job. Awesome. So, what's next for you? Um, that's a good question. Um, I I um. I'm hoping that another project uh, that I, oh, I, I I've read the script and it's it's 
a beautiful script about a boy, a young boy who was bullied and um so timely. Yes, it's just it's a topic that just destroys me that that young children are committing suicide because they've not been accepted at school and mm-hmm. and and people are bullying them and badgering them and it's a narrative script that it just describes that whole um that horrible scenario um so I'm very passionate about that one, and I, I'm hoping, unfortunately, it's not fully financed at this point, but mm-hmm. um, because the subject matter is so topical, I'm just trying to move forward with it as quickly as possible. Um, so we shall see. Well, that sounds like a great project. And then I, I also know you're working on uh, doing some uh, workshops, possibly in the future. That's right. Yes, yes. Um I have taught um, classes on and off for about 10 years, um, but I want to put together a a two-day seminar um, here in L.A., and it would be nice to be able to travel and and do it as well, just to help actors sort of find their voice and find their way and give them helpful tips about starting in L.A. or New York, and hopefully i'll I'll be doing that over the summer. Um, well, let me tell anyone that's uh, listening that that would be interested in uh, you know uh, participating in Lisa Essery's workshop, which sounds fantastic. You can email us at go behind the curtain dot uh, at, I'm sorry go behind the curtain at gmail dot com. Uh, or you can go to gobehindthecurtain.com and leave a little message. Uh, I think it's the last page where you can uh, leave your email address. And uh, I'll make sure that Lisa gets your uh, information and uh, we'll take it from there. But I think that will be extraordinary. I think what you have to share with actors and anyone that's starting a, a career out that wants to be in, in uh, you know, films or television, you have so much to offer uh, in terms of your insight and wisdom and experience, and that would definitely be a, a fabulous workshop to participate in. Uh, Lisa, I want to thank you for being my special guest today. Uh, you are definitely the casting director extraordinaire, and just for bringing all of your light and your wisdom and your openness to my program and, and for having the wonderful, caring heart that you do. Oh, thank you, Kathy. I I love being interviewed by you. (laughs) You're fantastic. (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you very much. But if you are an actor and you you want this woman in your corner, as she truly understands the art of acting, she's a great lover of talent. And if you are a producer, she has the kind of energy and insight that can turn your project from good to great. So she's got the mojo to make it all happen, and I hope if you're listening out there that you tune in to her. So, Lisa, we shall see you again on the program. We want to keep tabs on you, and and, uh, we wish you uh, continued success in all your projects. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy, and to you as well. Thank you very much. And uh, next week, folks, what if you were told at the beginning of your life that you had no future? Craig V. Abbott was just six months old when he was diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy type 1, which has a survival rate of two years. And despite this, Craig 
beat the odds and survived his 22nd birthday. He is now the oldest survivor living with spinal muscular atrophy type 1, and he joins us to talk about how he has overcome this life challenge and about the story he so passionately wishes to share with the world. His book, Classified Terminally Ill, A Young Man's Story of Beating the Odds, is a story about hope. And so be sure to tune in next week because we can all use a dose of hope and additional guidance about how to navigate through life. I'm honored to have you along on this journey with me. Thanks for tuning in each week. This is Kathy Barrett sending you a virtual hug from behind the curtain. I'll be back next week, Tuesday at noon, and I hope you'll tune in. Peace, everybody.